I'm ready for this jelly. Oh, I have to say, Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Basecamp. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. Dang. <laughs> are you recording? We are, but I want to like talk. It's like every time we do an ad, I want to like talk about the ad a I little know. bit. <laughs> That's you so know. cute, Trin. Let's discuss this Basecamp. I use Basecamp, and I like it. Do you? Yeah. Oh. I use Trello as well. Show me, because uh, <laughs> this is off topic, yeah. but uh, I use Trello and I don't like it that much, mm. which I don't want to shit on Trello, Yeah. but you can show <laughs> me how to use Basecamp. I can, I use like 1% of Basecamp. Like I disabled all of their cool features and I'm like, no, 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 no. I just want, I just want to see someone's to-do list. Anyway. <laughs> well, now that we know the Basecamp is cool and wants to give us money for friendships, we should use their product yeah, more thoroughly. Yeah, we probably should. Thank you, Basecamp. Thanks, Basecamp. <laughs> What's your name? I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping. And this week's theme is... Emotional distance. How unnerving. <laughs> that just sounds so difficult. It really does. This is going to be the hardest episode we've ever done. Uh-oh. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Okay, Trin, give us an update on what's going on in our lives. Oh, God. Other than the fact that we're both kind of sick. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. I'm kind of sick and you're really sick. Yeah, we went to Pack South this past weekend and it was amazing. It was a really good con for us. Um, we did our panel, Making Friends in Geek Spaces, and it went so, so, so well. Um, and uh, we'll you can go to our Twitter feed and, and you'll, you can see everybody who was on the panel. Um, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the actual footage of the panel up on the internet for you to watch, you people who missed it. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see it. I'm half worried that we're going to get the video and be like, let's cut all of this. Yeah. <laughs> let's edit this so we sound cool. That's fine. Yeah. We're allowed to do that. It's the internet. And yeah. that's what everybody does all of the time. Yeah. As, as Look like at you say. taking our own friendship advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I'm quite sick. I've been asleep on my couch for most of the past 36 hours. And uh, I decided to come into the office today because it's important for me to stay on schedule with friendshiping. <laughs> so uh, I love you guys. But excuse me one second. <coughs> oh, <coughs> poor Trin. Everything's fine. <laughs> pax pox. But let's uh let's do this thing. Do you want to read the first question? Yeah. Cool. Sometimes I feel like I am not as close to my friends as I originally thought. Like I'm on the third date conversation and they're still on the first date conversation. It's awkward. How can I better recognize my actual closeness level with new people? Uh, I love this question. It came to us while we were at PAX South, so I'm assuming this person saw our panel because we talked about the first date uh, versus third date conversation quite a bit. Um, and something we've touched on a few times um, on, on the actual podcast. So, Jen, if you can give us a quick refresher about what this person means when they say first date and third date conversation. Yeah. First of all, this is a metaphor. You're not actually on a date with this person, friendship, romantic, or otherwise. But you are uh, kind of measuring how well you know the person. If you're having a first date conversation, you're still getting to know them. You're asking things like, where are you from? or how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, if you are on a third date conversation, you are kind of unloading and getting uh, more emotional. You're having something, you're having the kind of conversation that happens deeper in a friendship. It is awkward if you and your friends are not on the same page. If, you, if someone's having a fifth date 
or a six state conversation and you don't know them that well that's that could be hard it can be very hard like this person is telling you about um their their mom's bout with polio as a child and you're pretty sure that they don't even know what city you were born in oh yeah yeah that's that's a bit rough Whose mom ha- had polio, though, at <laughs> this point in our s- yeah, history? Yeah, it was eradicated. Yeah. How I, old is this friend? <laughs> pretty old. <laughs> Do you know how old this friend is? That's my feet. Step back and ask that. <laughs> the first thing that you're going to want to do, person asking this question, is consider how much you know about each other. So just like I said about the polio mother, this sounds really <laughs> basic, but it's not. It's really hard. Um, what's your general background level? Who is asking the questions? Like if you've poured your heart out to another person, but you're not even 100% sure how to pronounce their last name, that's, that's a problem. This happens with internet friendships a lot. A lot. You feel like you know the person very well because they've unloaded on Twitter before and you've read it and you've had a conversation about it. And although that's real and meaningful and that doesn't mean you're not friends, you still might not be on the same level. Right. That person who unloaded on Twitter, they know that that's a public place and they consider that to be public information, even though it is deep personal information. So you still only know them on the superficial level of everybody else has its information, too. Good point. And they might not be comfortable talking about the same stuff online as they do in person. Right. They Maybe they've curated a safe space for themselves on the Internet to unload type quickly and get their feelings out. In person, that is a totally different ask and a totally different well of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like often we mistake being comfortable laying out your problems with someone for closeness. Mm-hmm. I might just be that you are or that other person is more open about your feelings and your problems. And like, that's fine. But sometimes that turns into dumping, as we've said a couple of times, the word dumping. If you find yourself just like talking and talking and talking without the other person reciprocating, you're not having a conversation. You are obligating them into emotional labor. And that is called dumping, dumping ground. Dumping is for a therapist. Yes. It's for a therapist. Mm -hmm. It is. It's for a counselor or a therapist or maybe your parents. Your parents might be someone that you can emotionally dump on. Or your very, very good friends. Yes. um, Sometimes they dump on you. Sometimes you dump on them and you're there for them and that's part of your friendship. Yeah. If you are asking your friends to be a dumping ground, I think you literally need to ask them. Yeah. Trin, you and I are like, do you have 15 minutes? I need to unload. We do do that. Yeah. And I love that. It's a, It's been very helpful for me to know what your boundaries are. And I think it's strengthened our friendship for you to be like, do you need to go to the conference room and unload on me for 10 minutes? And then also you put a time limit on it, which is great. Being super extremely clear, as clear as you can possibly be all the time when it comes to dumping. That's That's super great. And also thanking people. I know that this was a lot and uh, it really felt good to get this off my chest and I appreciate you being a safe space for me um, is, is a really good thing. But let's back it up and talk about how to recognize if you are dumping. Yeah, find out if you're dumping. <laughs> Ask yourself how much of the conversation you are owning. Right. How much of this is about you? And how engaged is the listener? Dumping can be part of your friendship. It can be a very healthy part of of what you do for each other. Um, But if it's just you talking and the other person is just kind of like messing with their phone, kind of waiting for it to be over, um, you may be dumping without the other person having said, yes, cool, good, dump away. Do you have their consent to dump? Consent to dump. Consent to dump on them. Ah, that sounds weird. Uh, But I mean, you know. Yeah, whatever. In the in the consent is everything. Literal and figurative. You need consent, consent to, to dump. dump on them. <laughs> <laughs> I really believe that. I do too. Yeah. Do you have their permission to unload? 
Yeah. Um, and who is getting what out of this conversation? You know, if you're both getting relief, God, when we talk about literal dumping and then you also talk about relief, that sounds so... I know. It yeah. sounds like we're... Poop. Yeah. It does sound Sexual like ta- pooping. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. And we have a title for this episode. Sexual pooping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay. I just want to clarify. This episode is not about sexual pooping. <laughs> So from here on out, whenever you hear us talk about dumping or relief or, or consent or unloading or squatting or, squ- or shitting, <laughs> it could be about. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's, it's probably not. It's figurative. This is all figurative. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So <laughs> let me back it up. Who is getting what out of this conversation? Are you both getting connection? Like are are when you are. Uh, laying out your problems and the other person is accepting your problems is that uh, a connection and is that a relief or is that a I just feel good talking and this person is just kind of there yeah could you replace that person with another friend very easily right or replace that person with like a lamp yeah or a a stuffed animal yeah a toilet (laughs) Jen No more poop. Sorry, sorry. No more sexual tell. I know, for the last time, no more poop. (laughs) Also, uh, how much do you know about the listener? Do you care enough to get to know them after you do the dump? Yeah, do you care what their feelings are? You don't have to. It's okay if you don't. I don't think any human being has the emotional capacity to really deeply care about every single person in their life. That sounds exhausting. You would not be a fully complete human (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work um so let's assume that there is a disconnect yes and how to fix the disconnect part of fixing this would be having the first date conversation i agree ask them the questions you've already answered like get to know them where are they from what's important to them you can say something like we've known each other a while and have had some great conversations but it's dawned on me that i don't know a lot about you yep (laughs) yeah and I'm sorry for that. So if you don't mind me asking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, most people will be flattered to answer those questions. You know, on Tumblr, how there's always these reblog and answer these 50 questions about you. <laughs> like people love that shit. Like yeah. that's why that's so popular is because people like want to share what their favorite color is and what, I don't know, what, what are those usually They're, ask? What, are, what house are they in, at Hogwarts? Right. What's your Myers-Briggs? What's your Zodiac? Like people want to know all those, like they yeah. want to tell those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, before you even have the first date conversation, again, are you actually interested in getting to know them? Like, do you care enough to understand them and find out more about them? Because be honest, if you don't, then don't do this. The answer might be no, and that is okay. It's yeah. good to be honest with yourself. Yeah. I mean, invest in the other relationships that you already have. Uh, and don't try and push the boundaries of these relationships and friendships that are just on surface level. Surface level friendships are okay, and we will get into that into the next question. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. Pursue a real friendship if you want one, and then thank them for their time. I want to talk about this concept of emotional labor. I feel like we've touched on it here and there, but I don't know if we've ever actually defined it. To to bridge into this, when we talk about emotional labor, we're talking about what the receiver of your dumps is doing. Stop smiling (laughs) like that, Jen. You put that little smirk away. All right. Back to seriousness. Emotional labor. And Trin, feel free to intersect, uh, interrupt here because I don't know if I can fully define this concept because it's very important. Yeah. Emotional labor is uh, what you're doing with your time and energy and emotional well-being 
or it's the opportunity cost of what you could be doing instead, but you are, um, I don't know, helping someone find their cat, or you're giving them advice, or you're taking time out of your day to uh, help them write a thank you note, right. that kind of thing. Emotional labor is a beautiful, wonderful thing for you to give freely to people if you'd like. But it's also something that you can accidentally obligate a friend into doing when they don't want to. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. How much time are you taking of somebody else's? How much emotional energy are you taking of somebody else's? Um, is this re are you reciprocating something they've, they've done for you? Um, yeah. Yeah, just be aware of how much emotional labor you're asking from your friends. Because emotional labor is often invisible. You're not like physically moving things, but you are like investing your time and your time is important. It's pretty well studied that uh, even without realizing it, people ask a lot of emotional labor of women. Women are expected to respond to emotional texts or always be in your corner or always be the shoulder to cry on. And remember that as a, a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing you, you can provide for someone. But you women don't have to be emotionally available all the time. <laughs> so if you ask her or having that third date conversation without having had that first date conversation, recognize the emotional labor that your friend has put forth for you and, and reciprocate and thank them for it and make it visible. All in all, what we ask of you, asker, uh, is in order to better recognize your actual closest level with new people, it is to one understand and own how much of their time that you are taking up and to thank them and move forward yeah and if you were going through some shit and you were calling on your friends to like super be in your corner for the next couple of weeks that is valid too yeah just it recognize is. that that's what you're doing you know right and, and recognize that maybe that's not something you want to do with new people exactly the emotional third date conversation, the dumping ground, that sort of thing. That is for people who are in your support network, and those are, that's for um, professionals as well. Well said. You're doing great, Asker. You are. You know, because you want to know what? You recognize that there's a problem, and that is an opportunity to move forward and be a better friend. Hells to the yeah. Hells to the yeah. So we got a really straightforward question for this second yeah, question. Yeah, we've never gotten a question quite like this. Ever. Yeah. So this is going to be weird. Uh, the second question is... Is being considered an acquaintance a bad thing? I certainly don't think so. I don't either. It's too complex of a question to say this is good or this is bad. And you and I rarely fall down on either side of that thing. Right, uh, right. You and I rarely fall down on either side of that anyway. Right. Things are both good and bad yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and it's so true. I mean, yeah. especially when you're talking about uh, friendships and, and things that are uh, like emotional and like th there's no clear cut answers. Is being considered an acquaintance to the person that you've known since you were 10 and have gone through like serious shit with, that's probably bad. Yeah, that sounds like a huge bummer. Yeah, that sounds like a bummer. And like that's a conversation you want to have. But if you've met this person just a couple of times, you're not on bro level, you guys are buddies, mm -hmm. you've got maybe one thing you connect on, being an acquaintance, not so bad. Not bad at all. And there are many different tiers of friendship. Here's one I learned about this PAX, this PAX weekend, this past weekend. It is this PAX, PAX weekend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were having brunch with all the people that we were, uh, that we invited to be on our panel. And we were talking about this concept that I never heard of, that I immediately like clung to because I was like holy shit that's so good it's this concept of cactus friends you have a friend you maybe you are a cactus friend or you have a cactus friend and that doesn't mean you're prickly <laughs> yeah. um, cactus friends are friends who don't need a lot of watering or maybe they don't need a lot of attention they don't need a lot of you don't need to check in with this friend every day or every month or you know every week or whatever they are someone who 
doesn't require a lot of your emotional energy. And you can be a cactus friend for a little while and then move into something else, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's concept? Was this Kate's? I think it was Kate's. So uh, Kate Welch at She Geek Show on Twitter. Um, I thought this was such a, a, a good thing too. Um, just the idea of like a cactus friend, a succulent friend. If yeah. you will. Uh, a friend that like won't die if you leave them alone for like nine months on your desk. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't need a lot of sunshine. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're not special or loved or anything like that. It doesn't mean that that friend, that cactus friend is not important to you. It's just that they don't require a ton of attention and they make a lot of assumptions on the basis of they, they're doing something else right now. Yeah. They don't, you know, they're not someone who calls you every week. So it might be that somebody views you as a cactus friend. And you are reading that as, well, they just like me just a little bit. Mm, mm-hmm. And neither of those things are bad. There are so many reasons why you are someone's acquaintance. And none of them reflect badly on you. Yeah. It's not a matter of, like, you suck at being a friend. Sometimes people don't have the capacity for new best friends. Their dance card might just be full. I think I'm kind of like that, actually. Kate and I were also talking about this. My best friend slots right now are pretty, pretty full up. I give them a lot of my energy, and I prefer it that way. And that means I'm maybe not as open or as forthcoming with with other people outside those two or three friends. And it doesn't mean I don't love all of my friends. It's just like my emotional capacity and labor is pretty focused on a couple people right now. I like to kind of sprinkle my love and emotional closeness among a lot of people. I find sometimes that can be confusing for some people is that we have this really deep, really in-depth conversation one night, but then they don't hear from me for like six weeks. But it's because like, okay, well, that was cool. That was cool that one night. But like, I, don't, I just don't have the emotional energy to like upkeep that forever. It's so smart that you recognize that. Well, well, it's smart that I recognize it, but it's dumb that I haven't done anything about it. Because I, <laughs> I do think it could be confusing for people. Um, so I guess uh, what the point that I'm trying to make by breaking up my own personal experience is that those people that I have those in-depth conversations with like, you know, every few months or whatever, those are not any less important to me than anything else. And sometimes it's a little bit confusing. But those people are acquaintances on a level that is not bad. There's nothing wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with our relationship. So I guess my answer for is being considered an acquaintance a bad thing is no. Yeah, you might have negative feelings toward being someone's acquaintance, but you don't have the full story. The other side of this could be absolutely no, nothing negative. It could be happening on the other side of this. Right. And I know we say this a lot, but, you know, no one owes you friendship. Nope. As much as we advocate friendship, not everyone will reach friendship levels. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to be pressured to be close to everybody that you meet that's just so hard that's a recipe for bad negative feelings that's a recipe for just spreading yourself too thin and not making anybody happy friendships are fluid and people have lots of them relationships change and closeness changes this is very different than when you talk about like having a girlfriend or a boyfriend although you know there are poly relationships and things like that there really isn't a concept of like you're number one for all time you know you don't have a friend wife you don't have a friend husband you have a few best friends and that goes back and forth throughout your life and like and that's okay so no it's not bad to be somebody's acquaintance but keep in mind that closeness comes and goes and shared experiences change I feel bad because between like the vagueness of this question and the amount of cold medicine I'm on right now, I feel like I'm doing such a, like a vague job answering. Well, this. it was a vague question. It was a yeah. very open-ended question. That's kind of why I like it. It was totally up to our interpretation. That's true. Yeah. Buds, bros, friends, all those things are good to have. Yeah. If you want to follow up and let us know more about the situation, I would be curious. Ask her. I would love to know more as well. All right. 
Uh, do you want to talk about Peck South a little bit more? Just because I no. feel like we've got extra time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no I'm, I'm really. Kidding. Let's take a nap. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, Peck South was great. I feel like our friendship and kind of went really well. And we were going easy on ourselves because it was our first time ever doing this in a panel format. And it was so good. It was really good. Like, I, I really want to do it, like, again and over again. And yeah. yeah. I walked away with a lot of positive feelings about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, Jen, can you tell us the story about how you suddenly ended up on a panel? Oh, yeah. So, uh, how did this happen? It feels like it was <laughs> years know. ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I had a pretty crazy PEX, and then I was on four panels, which is the most I've ever done. And uh, I had four of fouring it, which was wonderful. And then I had friend shipping, which was super wonderful. And I was my, oh, I'm so happy with how that went. And then, uh, after that, we went and got food and margaritas. And I was basically out to dinner to celebrate and to kill my headache. Because I very famously, after every single panel I've ever done, get about 20 minutes later, get a roaring headache. And I think it's coming down from talking in front of people. Even though I, I'm really not that nervous to speak on panels because I'm surrounded by people. It's public speaking in general that gives me, I don't know, I don't know why, but I always get terrible headaches. So I was like pretty quickly drinking a margarita. And then I went back to my room and I was like, I should take a nap. You know, I feel pretty good. I'm going to go walk around the convention for a while. And uh, I went to see Kate, Kate Welch, on her panel. And uh, she was on a panel with a couple people I knew and a couple people I didn't. And they were all had been drinking. And they said, we've been drinking. <laughs> Do you want to be on our panel with us? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Straight, yeah. So I get up on stage and I nudge Kate. And I was like, what panel is that? <laughs> and uh <laughs> oh god i was drinking my coffee i knew it was a comedy fun panel i probably wouldn't have agreed to like speak on a topic that i know nothing about but i i felt like the only prerequisite for this panel was that you everyone in the panel had to have had a drink beforehand and i was like that's me that's you so the the whole panel was just like uh f making fun of terrible uh mobile apps and there was singing and the audience dancing and it was great and i hope no one filmed it if you film that panel please let us know at jen and trin on twitter jen has two n's and trin only has one n <laughs> the second n in jen stands for inebriated ah it sure does on a panel <laughs> <laughs> oh god Okay, I work really tired and we're going to get out of here. But uh, ask us some questions at ask.fm slash Jen and Trin. Same number of N supply. Um, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to edit out all of the mucus and phlegm from this podcast. But if not, oh well. Yeah, oh well. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. We love you so much. Good night. Everyone message Trin and tell her that you hope she feels better. Oh, that's really sweet. Yay. Oh, yeah, do it. Bye. Bye. New friendship.